1: WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning.
0: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown! Patrick Mahomes with a rope! This one out, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr.
1: Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined as always by Sean Siegel, my co-host here on the Road of His Overtime podcast. Sean, week four is done and dusted, and we're recording this on Tuesday, the fifth of October. Week four was one of the most enjoyable weeks, I would guess, for for us off definitely this season, but in recent seasons i wouldn't say that i went undefeated this past weekend but it was it was pretty damn close to it and i'm sure based on the rosters that we will have constructed both in season long and dynasty that will be uh, probably in the same boat so week four for myself was extremely enjoyable how is it how is it for you
2: it it was great right i mean this is one of the best fantasy weekends really ever and certainly for a long time and and that includes you know, last year, which obviously went extremely well that that week 16 last season, pulling up the teams, you know, into the top 15, into the top 50 there with, with Curtis and with Blair. Was very, very exciting. Uh, week four here, just some absolutely monster performances from some of our favorite wide receivers. Colin I can see on the sheet that you had a team score 200 points. That's always very, very exciting. I didn't have any teams hit 200, but did have three teams, including the main event that you and I are in together, uh, either continued to be in or moved into first place in points. Uh, several of those, both first place in points and record, have an undefeated team with Ben's in first place, and in, in both have a team with the ship chasing guys where we moved into first place in points, which obviously is very important. And, uh, at least temporarily, there were in the top 100 overall, probably changed after Monday Night Football with uh, Austin Eckler having another nice game. It was great to see. I mean, uh, sometimes when someone goes down, you're thinking, well, you never want anybody to get hurt, but at least the silver lining is they won't be scoring points against me. Well, that wasn't the case last night. He got banged up early, it looked like he had injured an ankle, but then he was the main offensive weapon in a game that was not as explosive on both sides of the ball as we might have anticipated colin very excited to be in first place with you how are you feeling about our main event squad
1: yeah i think that main event squad is in a really good really good position Uh, there's a couple of players like that haven't really hit for us yet and we maybe we're not 100% sure Trey Sermon is part of that roster this week the running backs didn't do a huge amount DeAndre Swift had a big week three, a little bit less this week didn't look as uh as good in a, a game where we thought he probably would get a quite a high score and outcome against the Bears but that one didn't work out but in terms of the wide receivers with Tyreek with Debo Samuel who just continues to look tremendous I think we're in a, a really strong strong position there with how that team has has been built and this week actually on that roster we've had a few weeks where we started uh Joe Burrow and it wasn't working out great for us and Derek Carr was off to a, a fast start and we we switched them around this week but we still we still got the job done so hopefully we'll be on a, a long run towards the end of the season with that roster and obviously you mentioned some of the other teams as well so off to a good start for you and those main events let's hope that continues that team that I had uh the screenshot of in a couple of teams actually across different formats this week hit into the 200s, but that team with Teddy Bridgewater, the quarterback, that had 200.75 points, so we didn't get much of a day uh, out of Teddy B with the 7.42, but big days in that one for Hell. Metcalf having a solid day, DJ Moore having a big day, and then, of course, my man James Conner with the uh, the two, two TDs there. And who could forget the question Sean asked last week regarding... Carterell patterson and could he be the zero rb king in 2021 well he was for me this past week with 34.6 points on a, a number of different rosters who um uh, you know are, are very thankful to carderel for that uh, i know you and ben talked about it and uh, his performance on the uh, recap show of stadium Banana, so we won't dive into him too much but at this point in time it looks like he may be a superstar for those 0rb rosters who who took him in and, and that league in particular i actually was the last draft i did before the season drafted him in the 20th round so um hopefully that continues to to work out there for that roster speaking of ben as well your are bananas co-host first place overall in the scotch fishbowl and he has a 72 point split to the third position uh uh, you know, it is a twenty-three point drop to second spot, but uh, showing rep- representing state and bananas there with a uh, red effect.
2: Well, Ben is decent
1: at fantasy football, so we're, <laughs> we're not
2: surprised there. Yeah, almost a hundred point gap to third place after only four weeks. He is he is really putting it on, folks, with that one. Uh, Colin you scored fifty-five points this week from. Your running backs did you draft either one of those guys in the first round i mean you, you you gave us a little spoiler i mean patterson drafted at the end where did you draft james connor in that one
1: i would i would have to go back and check i would guess between eight and ten usually was a spot um where, where he would be going and yeah that was the the first running back off the the board in that team we'll see how it goes i know that uh banded put up a tweet today saying how his zero rb season was going based on the scott fishbowl team um, he took Tony Pollard, I believe, as his first running back in that, but was getting quite a, as you do if you post something on Twitter about 0RB, was getting a little bit of uh, grief from people replying to him, saying that, you know, it's going well now but it's it's going to fall apart, and the other thing that was mentioned to him was he's got very lucky that he has kind of, you know, four or five of the top 15 wide receivers on his roster, you know, but I guess that's all just down to down to luck.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, you don't get better wide receivers if you draft him early, that's... Uh... <laughs>
1: So uh yeah that I'm sure that that there kind of thing will will be going on to the the end of time but before we get into some of the other players we're going to talk about today we are on episode 296 we will hit episode 300 on next Thursday this edition of the podcast we have been getting some questions sent our way for that bonus q a of non football topics for myself and Sean and we are also getting our suggestions and for the players to be in the intro uh to the show I'm going to get that set up next week for the intro but sean the guy and again if people want to send the suggestion send them in to uh myself or else send them to rotavisradio at gmail.com or overtimeireland at gmail.com but i think we'd be remiss not to mention the top candidate prior to last weekend and now definitely post last weekend he's found the end zone at last It is dj moore with his 31.9 points um great to see more getting into getting into the end zone but what was really fantastic is to see the variety of ways that this offense continues to try and use them um you know last year last year was kind of one end of the scale the year before was the other end of the scale now we're kind of seeing all of that combined into a a nice perfect mixture and this is
2: the stefan Diggs jump just like we talked about all offseason obviously we are not right on every guy we we actually make the comment that we're wrong pretty well constantly and the whole idea is to draft in a way in which you can be wrong and still win. But when you draft in that way and you're right on some key guys, then, you know, this is what happens. You you get to have some teams that are pretty high up in the rankings, which obviously is exciting. So yes, DJ Moore in there. He seems like he'll obviously be one of the guys excited to see who else comes in there and ends up as the poster people for our team it sounds like you had kind of a, a crazy non-football weekend as well. You're uh, you're not supposed to, you're supposed to be reading and watching football on your phone. You're not supposed to be driving over it.
1: Yeah, this weekend uh, and that slipped through uh, the cracks. I had thought I had I had forgot to add that in at the start. Uh, people may have seen it on Twitter. I was saying that My advice would be not to drive over your I guess in the states you're probably calling it a cell phone, but your mobile phone. Um, it's not a good you know it's a suboptimal way to get your phone to continue to work <laughs> moving forward uh so I, I was doing some recycling on saturday i took some glass bottles to the the bottle bank and obviously my phone must have fell out of my pocket while i got in or out of the car but i didn't realize this until i went to the next shop that i had to, to buy some things and couldn't find my phone and i thought i'll go back and check if it's there and when i got back i could see that there was kind of a a muddy tire track going over the phone. So, yeah, phone is uh, no longer working. So, waiting for the new one to arrive. um And it is, you know, there was some peace in not having a phone for a couple of days. And then there's other parts where you're like, I really want to check how this is going. But um yeah, sometimes having the phone taken away um for a couple of hours or a couple of days can kind of relax your mind a bit, I guess. You're not constantly looking at it. But yeah, I would definitely advise anyone listening uh, don't drive over. Um don't drive over your phone. One thing that I the biggest knockback has been listening to podcasts over the last two or three days. I've had to uh, you know download them onto my iPad if I'm going in the car or anything like that. So, you know, first word problems and all that sort of thing. But uh <laughs> I think we'll we'll jump in we'll jump into some of these other guys, Sean. Um but yeah, don't don't ever drive over your, your phone. It is a really bad idea. When we look at some of the I guess we'll say maybe not under the radar guys, but We have Tyreek, who is the monster day. We have, like, you know, people people were talking about potentially being able to, you know, maybe teams had found out how to stop Tyreek Hill. I think we realized at the weekend that definitely hasn't happened. (laughs) Uh, Tyreek is still doing what he's going to do. It won't be every week, but when these weeks hit, you pretty much, you know, when you're awake, if you have them in your roster, DJ Moore who looked great, another player who I touched on, Debo Samuel looking really good, even with the the change in quarterback there uh, during that game, Terry McLaurin looking uh, pretty pretty effective as well. So, any of those guys, Sean, that you want to to highlight specifically?
2: Well, one of the things that we see in that Chiefs game, right, is that the Eagles did try and take him away. And it was a little bit slower for both Hill and Kelsey, who actually did kind of have his first dud. Uh, You and I have a team where we drafted him first. We were going along right there, uh, right on the edge of first place until this week, and then dropped back a little bit in that one. Uh, Obviously, we don't expect that to continue either. But there's this combination of teams trying to take those guys away and having the overall defensive talent to do that. You know, we saw last night on Monday Night Football, the Chargers were able to limit a Raiders offense that had been very dynamic through three weeks. Now, part of that is sitting back, taking away some of the deep passes and encouraging teams to run. We saw the Raiders last night try and do that with Josh Jacobs. Uh, Jacobs, you know, partly you wonder if he's completely healthy because he did have some games over the first couple of seasons where he looked dynamic, breaking tackles. You know, he's got some good peripherals, that kind of thing. The problem always with Josh Jacobs is he's not going to be one of these guys who creates a bunch of big plays, and he's not going to take those broken tackles and create a bunch of highlights. And so you you do need him to break those tackles and to be kind of at his top level to just be good, much less be a star. What we saw last night is that maybe he wasn't 100% yet. I mean, he he looks slow. Now, every once in a while we have these weird games where even guys who are pretty good don't look very good. I mean, you mentioned DeAndre Swift in the intro and, and he looked bad this week against the Bears which was a little surprising and you know what they weren't able to take advantage of garbage time quite as well as they have in some of the previous games uh, in part because most of the points went to Khalid Raymond there so that's that's kind of a, a funny one and some of my deep leagues where I had guys injured and had some roster spots I had added him before the week obviously didn't play him probably still you know won't ever be in that position but it'll be interesting to track how he does going forward we've had a big game from Cephas. We've had some big games from him. So looking there at the Lions. But kind of moving back to this topic of can you take these guys away? We've seen with the Chiefs with Clyde Edwards Alaire, you know, we saw with the Raiders that, and if your running back is not a star, then it's not ideal to be going that route. Now you have some of these other guys, and if teams are encouraging you to run with Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook or you know, players of that ilk, then it still more or less works fine. Edwards Allaire, another big game in this one. He was running against Ayer a lot of the time. But as long as the the team is able to move the ball and and convert these first downs, and it's going to be harder to do against the Chiefs than against most teams because even if you can force them in the third downs, which obviously you want to do, then, you know, they can still convert. I I don't believe that there was a punt in this chiefs eagles game so I mean, and mean it really won't be the first or the last time this season i mean that that will happen right no punts in chiefs games is, is kind of the slogan i think so you look at this game he'll then able to get behind the defense multiple times because at some point the defense has to step up and say okay you know we do have to get some stops it's not enough to make them take more plays at, at some point you've got to stop them from scoring touchdowns every time I think that's going to be a problem for defenses. If Josh Gordon is able to get out there and add a third receiving threat, then that will especially be the case. So I, I'm very optimistic about this, right? We saw with this here, he's the 47 point game. He had a 50 plus point game last season. He's now got four games with 40 plus since the beginning of 2018. He's got five additional with 30 plus. And he now has 180-plus yards six different times in his career, including twice this season. If you drafted Tyreek Hill in the first round, you're just going to be extremely excited about that, you know, unless or until he gets injured, which is obviously the case with all of these guys, as well as the teams have done so far. There has been uh, you know, quite the, the level of attrition with all of the injuries that have taken place. Uh, Will Fuller, someone we liked a lot at this point, fortunately did not get him as often as I was hoping because I always kind of dared other drafters to select him, trying to get him closer to ADP. He didn't go there very often in my drafts. Now it sounds like the broken finger. So it was unfortunate in some deep leagues to lose him early with how Devonte Parker ended up performing in that game. Uh, you'd like to think that Fuller actually would have had a pretty good line if he had played all the way through. Collin, what are your thoughts here on Hill and then on Stefan Diggs? We saw with Diggs, uh, he was one of these guys we expected to bounce back. He has the 7 for 118 in this game. A good performance, not necessarily a weak winning performance With yeah, <laughs> in the same light that Hill had. But Diggs is the guy who was the number one pick for that ship chasing team that I mentioned has the very high point total. There are some guys on these teams who really haven't, done it yet and yet still sitting pretty because of the overall construction
1: yeah i think with digs there's i think as an overall nfl offense the bills look superb in terms of the options that they have i know there's the peripheral options you know like in emmanuel sanders who maybe we're not wanting to have as much value as he has in terms of what he's doing in that offense but they're proven to be extremely difficult to cover i had a a league this week where i actually was really stuck at tight end i started dawson knox which that was just showing how hot the weekend was running for me but when you see um the guys that are being started to be used around that we've talked you know a lot about the running back situation but Stefan diggs is still one of the best wide receivers in the entire nfl and when he has a week that's you know 114 yards and seven receptions and we're thinking oh, that's not you know that's not a, a lot like that's a fantastic week for pretty much The vast majority outside of probably the top 10 wide receivers in the NFL. And I think that we're going to see things really start to pick up for him. There's going to be weeks where they really have to target him a lot more. And I think that we're going to really start to see things pick up. I think with Diggs, if you are a Diggs drafter, you just have to be patient. You have to put him in there every single week. And it's going to have those big weeks. A bit like we talked a second ago about with Tyreek Hill. I I have no concerns about Diggs moving forward. We had a lot of concerns with Ridley, who you touched on there. At the start of the season based on how things were going i i was very positive about him early in the off season and then we talked about you know matt ryan a number of times ryan has looked really really bad like outside of how we've seen uh ben roethlisberger look and how much he has fallen off over the last season um matt ryan's probably been as close to him in terms of veteran quarterbacks but he did look a little bit better this past week um you know even though they did end up losing to to washington he was receiving much more targets downfield which was a big concern um, but the offense still doesn't look all that good but in terms of air yards um, on the week had 198 air yards and his average depth of target uh, or average air yards per target was 15.2 Did have 13 uh, targets on the week so I think there's some positive signs there there might be life left in Calvin Ridley yet so I talked about staying you know calm if you're a dig owner I think that's it's probably a little bit trickier based on how the season started for atlanta it's one thing to be calm when the offense is putting up you know 30 or 40 points a week and even in this past game i think it's back-to-back shutouts for the bills as well so they haven't had to really push on and, and put up the points even though they still are putting up the points and in, in those game scripts they're still been very very uh, aggressive in what they're doing so i think digs is, is perfectly fine ridley has showing a step forward, I think, and hopefully that offense will, will continue to improve. I'm going to wait to just after the break, Sean, but I am going to get your thoughts on Calvin Ridley, uh, but we'll do that right after the break.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data,
1: nfl football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find nfl tickets anymore because tech that's t-i-c-k-p-i-c-k is the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for nfl tickets tick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their nfl tickets don't believe it if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price one of my bucket list items is certainly to head on over and see my Green Bay Packers over in Green Bay Lambeau Field I'm super excited to see how this season plays out for the Packers, whether it's the Packers or any other team that you want ahead and get in on the action this season and attend a game, whether it's a home game for your favourite team or it's on the road, TickPick has you covered. Visit tickpick.com slash rotoviz today and use the promo code rotoviz to save 10% on your first order. So if you're thinking of going to a game this season, don't wait. Head on over, get those tickets, use the code ROTOVIZ. That is TickPick.com slash ROTOVIZ. Sean, I teased it before the break. I said Calvin Ridley and things were starting to look a little bit more positive for him this past week. And maybe Matt Ryan was starting to But we, I guess we can say now we joked at the time it was probably a little bit serious. It was Matt Ryan versus Ryan Fitzpatrick. I did say that Tyler Heineke... <laughs> might be the, the best option as he the best option out of all three at this point. It seems to be.
2: Well, we haven't seen what Fitzgerald could do. So with
1: Fitzpatrick, that. Fitzpatrick.
2: We haven't seen what Fitzpatrick could do with that roster for more than, you know, half a game there. So we're not sure, but I was very impressed with Heineke and he has a lot of flaws, right? But, His enthusiasm, the way that he went after it, the way that he competed. And, you know, his teammates, it's not like his enthusiasm and competitiveness is the reason J.D. McKissick makes that fantastic play at the end to essentially win the game. But we saw his guys fight, and I think that the quarterback can really set the tone there heineke attacking with the arm scrambling getting his guys into situations uh even when he made some mistakes and that was sort of in in sharp contrast to some of the things we saw from some other quarterbacks especially Kirk cousins who i felt like had a terrible terrible game you were asking about calvin ridley very exciting to see those 198 air yards as you mentioned this game could have been huge he had three deep targets that he didn't haul in the big thing there is all three of those were perfect passes from Matt Ryan. And so the two main things that we were concerned about for this offense were, number one, the play calling had been atrocious for, you know, people participating in fantasy, right? That's that's not what we wanted, but also wasn't good for the team from a reality perspective. And we're saying, OK, well, I hope Arthur Smith gets figured out how this team needs to attack if they're going to be any good. If They're not going to go, you know, two and 14. Three and 13, something like that. So to see the coach make the adjustments, that was very encouraging. The silo of offense they ran in this game will work both for reality and for fantasy. Then the other thing is that Matt Ryan looked good, right? He looked like his old self. You know, anytime that we have some of these questions, they don't just immediately get a race when a guy has a stretch of bad games. But you think back to Tom Brady last season, how bad he looked for a stretch and then how things finished out. So I think there's some reason for optimism there. Now, you know, when we saw again, on Sunday night football with Tom Brady that sometimes those questions can come back up right and he looked absolutely atrocious against the Patriots missing his guys all over the place seeming to make wrong reads having you know no arm strength and yet we expect him to be fine in part because of the play calling the talent that he has at his disposal you know you know once crop comes back especially and then his ability to process and make good decisions even if the arm strength and really at this point accuracy is not there so Reasons to expect that those kinds of things are flukes. We now have a little bit of that with Matt Ryan. You mentioned Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe not quite so much the case with him, right? And one of the most disappointing receivers through the first month, Juju Smith-Schuster, a guy that we did like, so obviously not all the guys were hitting. Roethlisberger had Juju open for a couple of long plays, possibly touchdowns, but definitely big plays in that game. The ball was not on him. And so the difference in kind of these two situations, number one, if you're getting good targets, then that's always a positive, right? But with Ryan and Ridley, those balls were right there. The balls were in Ridley's hands. They were difficult catches just because if you're down the field, the ball's away from your body. You're going to hit by the defender. You're going to get hit by the ground. Everything happens very fast. I mean, so these are not drops. They're not you know, easy catches by any stretch. But you like to see it when it's close. We have plays with Roethlisberger and then definitely Drew Locke, one of the other top guys in terms of area <laughs> and Sutton, I mean, a couple weeks ago, Sutton looked like he might be one of the big – uh, league winners and all of fantasy having that massive air yards game coming down with some of those targets everything kind of turning up roses for him with the opportunity that was expanding with jerry judy out and now with kj hamler out as well in this game the combination of Locke's passing and the fact that now defenses don't have to be aware of other guys now Noah offense still pretty good he's probably the guy who can flourish with Locke there they had decent rapport last year he gets the the touchdown and this one. So, uh, you know, if you have the tight end there, maybe you're aren't, you are not you are not panicking, but for the rest of the guys here and for when Jerry Judy eventually comes back, you now the number one thing is just that, obviously anybody who suffers a concussion we're rooting for, we want their brain health to be good. And so, uh, you know, the best sign in all of those situations is for there to be minimal symptoms to clear the protocol quickly. You know that's good for your overall life. And so that's the main thing we're rooting for. Uh, From a football perspective, it'll be good for the Broncos if he's able to come back. So we see some contrasts throughout the weekend in terms of the target profiles, the depth profiles, but then the accuracy of the passes and whether or not these deep targets, these air yards have any chance of being catchable. Uh, Some quarterbacks a little bit different than others in that category. And we know that that, you know, that's something that else that will also vary week to week. It's not just, okay, well, did the guy come down with the catch? Now, some of these deep targets are going to be off one week because they're difficult passes, right? The farther the ball travels down the field, every little bit that you're off in terms of your accuracy, you know, that gets exaggerated. Anytime that you have any you know, slight miscommunication with the receiver, it, so many of these passes, you know, Drew Locke would throw them, they were not to his receiver. <laughs> you know, he would kind of make this gesture like, I thought you were going over here. And you know, obviously the receiver is thinking to himself, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater would have read the right way and thrown the ball to me as opposed to now gesturing at me. But, but some of those passes are going to be more accurate the next week. At the same time, and we talked about it last week, there's a big gap between the haves and the have-nots in terms of quality of quarterback play. And you, know, you see it very clearly when a good quarterback has a bad game, like we saw with the Rams. This was a little bit more of the Matthew Stafford that those of us who have followed the Lions, you know, for decades – have seen which is not that he's bad by any stretch and he's got the big arm talent he makes good decisions he understands the defense and he puts up big fantasy weeks for the receivers pretty consistently but there are also some of these plays that we saw against the cardinals colin i know that you are not an arizona resident like i am but we do like the cardinals pretty exciting to have them as the undefeated team in football after one month
1: yeah they they look fantastic and you know we've talked a lot about the cardinals probably more than some of the other teams around the nfl and that's because they have a lot of exciting playmakers it's because i'm going to be heavily indebted to james connor depending on how my season runs this year but you've touched on it a number of times like um chase edmonds looks like he is getting shot out of cannon on some of these plays he had the rush attempt from the his own one or two yard line which the defensive scheme left a lot to be desired but i think he picked up close to 50 yards on that on that rush but he just looks so quick so explosive and even aj green uh with a a deep touchdown catch this past week so everything just turning the right way for for the cardinals at the moment um the rams interesting note on that just in terms of a coaching perspective sean mcveigh i think if he's leading at halftime at, throughout his nfl coaching career so far is undefeated um and if he's losing at halftime i think it was it's a, it's a massive split in terms of like failure to turn it into wins so that's gonna be something interesting to watch they, they seem to be like we've seen in those first three weeks, they, they can front run quite easily, uh, a little bit trickier when they were trying to come behind against a, an offense who continued to put up points on them. Some really fun plays, Sean, this week as well. One of the ones that I really enjoyed that I had no, didn't affect my week at all really was uh, Zach Wilson's a deep touchdown pass to Corey Davis, where he kind of signaled to to tell Davis to, to head towards the end zone. Really enjoyed that uh, out of the the rookie quarterback. And um, some quarterbacks we've touched on so far with difficult weeks. We're going to touch on another one now, just before we we dive into towards the end of the show. But you mentioned Kirk Cousins' difficult week. Justin Jefferson had six receptions, um eighty four yards, and a touchdown, and that all coming very very early in the day. And that one looked like we were going to be you know. When I seen him getting into the end zone, I was thinking, we're off to a big day here for for Justin Jefferson. And if I'm right, I believe he caught a touchdown, which had a flag on the previous play, and they went straight back to him, got the touchdown. But things didn't really heat up from there. That game turned out to be quite tepid in terms of what was happening. But the quarterback, I'll let you go and talk about uh, Cousins if you want, but the one I want to touch on is Baker Mayfield. And, you know, Odell is coming back from his injury, Odell Beckham. Um, You know, there was concerns around that, but, you know, luck. Pretty good in his first outing back. Look like his right running and explosiveness looked to be fantastic this past week. But Mayfield just a number of times failed to be able to connect with him. Uh, Beckham finished with 144 air yards on the week with seven targets, but only two receptions for 27 yards. So finished the week with with 5.1 points. But this felt like it felt like there was at least 15 points left sitting on the board there for for Beckham this week, and, and solely down to. Kind of open target passes that Baker really should be completing for for this Browns offense if they're if they're going anywhere this year.
2: Yeah, this was a very disappointing game, right? Because the anticipation for you know not even a, a low scoring game at this, but potential for a shootout was high, and that never materialized. Both quarterbacks looked bad. Mayfield. There was a lot of discussion after the game about the lack of accuracy. One of the things that you always notice when you watch Mayfield is just how much effort he seems like he's having to put in to get the ball down to his guys at all. And I think that anytime that you're having to work that hard, it's going to be more difficult to be accurate, right? And we saw that on a number of occasions where he's got to really load up to make passes that other NFL quarterbacks just kind of flick the wrist and the ball is there.
1: He, he sometimes he sometimes feels to me like if you watch Pitt and Manning's last year too, <laughs> in terms of how much effort he's trying to put in to get the velocity on the ball but he's obviously 10 years younger than than Manning was at that point
2: yeah I mean it doesn't look good right and this game reminded everyone I'm sure of kind of where he was through his first couple of seasons you know where he was you know to an extent you know the first half of last year certainly the, the previous year the first half of last year they really protected him by running the ball extremely effectively with this sort of unparalleled tandem of Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, those guys absolutely fantastic, just steamroll through teams. Then in the second half of last year, they were actually pretty pass heavy, and he looked good. And the, you know the plays worth that thread of the run opens up the play action. You know he was dynamic, he was accurate. They were scoring a lot of points. They looked good in the playoffs. And then the beginning of this season, solid as well. And then, and week four, it it just was bad, right? Now, some of these are actually going to be tricky passes for any NFL quarterback, but he did have those air yards numbers to Beckham. He had a specific play where Beckham had kind of gotten behind the defense, had an opportunity for a 50 yard touchdown. He dramatically underthrows him on that. Now, that is actually a a pretty difficult deep pass and, and a lot of guys are going to miss it. But the fact that he didn't really even get close I think is the thing that jumps up to you as being like, yeah, I mean, the arm strength simply not there on the other side of the ball. It seemed like a little bit of an issue with decision-making, maybe coaching a, a lot of these plays. You mentioned that Jefferson got the yardage and the score early, and then he kind of vanished. And so to an extent you're thinking, okay, well the Browns are trying to encourage the Vikings to throw in a different direction. If you've got Justin Jefferson, you've got to come back and you've got to have a little bit of a solution for that. Right. You have a game here where Jefferson has seven targets. Adam Thielen has eight. KJ Osborne has seven. You cannot have that spread across the three wide receivers in a game where you're not moving the ball and not scoring any points. Tyler Conklin six. I mean, he looked, he looked fine. He looked solid. He didn't turn those into much in the way of receiving yards. But, I mean, you can't have these other three guys combined for 21 targets to jefferson just having the seven i mean the efficiency levels are going to vary a little bit week to week it's not always going to be a case where you look back at it and you're like well jefferson was extraordinarily efficient these other guys were wildly inefficient you know that should have been the signal to throw it to jefferson i mean that's hindsight right but at the same time as you're going through the game you got to get your star involved you know he has 30 fewer air yards than thielen thielen's someone we like he's a great story he is one of the best red zone threats in the nfl he needs to take a back seat. He's got to take a back seat when we're in the middle of the field as you're trying to move the ball. The Vikings didn't have any answers and they kind of got worse throughout the game. They went through this stretch where Dalvin Cook was a little bit banged up. They go to Alexander Madison. He was stoned on almost all of his attempts. You know, so you get the three and outs, and then suddenly the, the Browns are back out there killing clock with their backs. So I mean, you have some game situations that aren't gonna always be like this, but the Vikings going into this game one and two, I mean, this was a kind of a desperation game for them. They didn't play it that way. And so, you know, unfortunately, it seems like we're probably headed for a coaching staff change there. A a very different situation, but another one where, you know, you might be worried about the wide receiver. In in the game with the Vikings, at the very least, Jefferson actually did score, you know, quite a few points. You can't be too disappointed there. If you started him in your fantasy lineup, the same thing not true for CeeDee Lamb. And Lamb looked so good there in week one, solid in week two. The last two weeks, I mean, week three is sort of a down week for fantasy, but he makes some big plays. He looks like a star. And then week four, just, you know, not there at all. Now, this one is kind of, again, that example of, okay, if the team is going to say, okay, we're going to take away your best player, but you don't take away anything else, then you didn't accomplish anything, right? And so you look at what the Cowboys have done here. When they're in these two tight end sets, They're able to run the ball at will. Ezekiel Elliott, you know, we kind of joke all the time about this idea of, okay, well, you know, best shape of his life. And you're like, you look at the aging curve, you look at the injury curve, you look at the the numbers behind the numbers, and you've got to be a real optimist specifically about Ezekiel Elliott to be in on him for the 2021 season. Well, right now the optimists look to be right. I mean, he looks good the offensive line performing better when they're in these heavier sets, they're blowing teams off the ball, especially in situations where their team is more or less like, yeah, just run it against us. We, we don't care. We don't want you to beat us with Lamb. We don't want you to beat us with Cooper. And again, at a certain point you do have to make some stops in this game here. I think the only players who didn't get involved in a big way were lamb and Tony Pollard. So unfortunately those are the guys that we we tend to have in for our lineups, but Dalton Schultz with another big week, uh, Blake Jarwin getting a little bit involved there. Ezekiel Elliott looking good. You have, I mean, if you're Amari Cooper fans, it's still pretty disconcerting. He was not very involved in week three. He has a couple of nice plays in this one, but it's really not on volume, right? It's on that extremely well, just sort of exquisitely executed long touchdown. But yeah, I mean, it, the Cowboys are scoring at will. Defenses are going to have to figure out an approach that doesn't let themselves get blown out right i mean you can't take away Ceedee lamb and have dalton schultz look like the best you know, tight end has ever played the game that's not a defensive approach that's going to work
1: yeah no i would agree and the, the cowboys at the minute are probably fitting a little bit into what i mentioned with the bills earlier where they are just you know putting up points at will this was actually a pretty fun game to watch outside of cd lamb element of it i guess for us and tony pollard who you mentioned but he does only have eight targets through the last two games he had five targets in this one and, and week four and this one though prescott only threw the ball 22 times so you know if we're thinking about the split of it he's just short of a quarter off the you know targets in this game so it's a, it's a little bit tricky but you mentioned Schultz big day for him cooper with the the lovely touchdown that you had on as well so there is concerns but there is going to be games i think where the cowboys are going to need to throw the ball more and we're going to see you know lamb be able to, to have that they they have thrown uh in back-to-back games at 27 or less time so there hasn't been a lot to go around and the running backs whether it was pollard in previous games or zeke looked fantastic you know we give we give grief to to, to zeke a lot but uh, he did look great in this this previous game so let's hope that that turns around but i i will say i said earlier i wasn't worried about a number of different wide receivers i'm starting to edge into that category of, of being a little bit worried with cd lamb but you know i i still think there's gonna be monster weeks this season for him so I'll, I'll still be going ahead and getting him into those lineups but let's hope things start to turn around but i do think part of it is what you mentioned teams trying to take him away <clears throat> but we are seeing that with teams where they think let's let's take away tyreek hill but let's leave travis kelsey wide opener let's take away cd lamb but let everyone else score all the points and lose the game so we'll see if maybe teams smarten up a little bit to that but uh like we we've seen week one with the packers and you know how it went for them and we've seen things turn around i think we're starting to get a sample size of what things are going to look like and that would be my concern with lamb but we did see Adams really struggle week one. The Packers really struggle week one. Didn't have a big week this week, but has had big weeks in between. And I think, you know that'll be the case for some of these wide receivers as we do go through the season but that's going to take us to the end of the first road of overtime podcast of the week we will be back on thursday with another show as always send in those questions for the bonus show after episode 300 any questions you have for sean or myself we'll be happy to answer them we'll probably record that one either next week or the week after give you a bonus show one of those weeks as always drop us a written interview on your favorite podcast app we do appreciate it greatly send us in those suggestions for those players for the intro theme of the show and finally if you do want to sign up for a RotoViz nfl pass you can get yourself 10 off a one-year subscription by adding the code rv radio 2021 art at checkout or going to Rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information we do mention the tools a lot on this site uh on the show as well and um today we talked through some of the information and, and sean's piece from earlier this week but i do want to mention as well the stealing signals tool that has been added to the site and sean's mentioned the monday review tool on a number of occasions i would highly recommend checking those out up on the site of course if you have a subscription get full access to all of those as well as well as all of sean's content and all the other articles up on the website my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at over to martin My co host is Sean Siegel. Make sure you check out stadium Bananas as well with Sean and Ben Gretsch. The recap show comes out every Monday. It is up and ready to listen. If you're listening to this now and looking for more content, head on over and check that out. Make sure you subscribe to all of the Rotoviz podcast feeds. And until we're back with another episode, have a good one.